Welcome to Doctor Whose Line Is It? Anyway, where everything's made up and neither script nor canon matters. Listeners, and welcome back to Doctor Who's line, is it? Anyway, we're still in review mode. We're still doing Series 12, because, well, I mean, what else would we review when Series 12 is on? And this week we're doing a little thing. I don't know if you saw it. It was on the other day. It's called uh, Fugitive of the Jadoon. And uh, I don't know if we'll have anything to say about it, but I suppose we ought to find out, really, don't we? Okay. So, uh, over to the usual suspects for presumably the usual chat, eh? See what you think. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Doctor Who's Line Is It Anyway, where we're continuing to review Series 12. This week, we're reviewing a tiny little episode called Fugitive of the Jadoon. Hmm. So, uh, let's first of all go around the table and get general impressions of it. Sue. So, what did you think? Have you seen? Have you seen it? Loved it. Yes, I actually have seen it. Loved it. My stars. Good. Randy. Wow. Darren. Fuck you now. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking loved it. Yes. Ah. Thankfully. Ooh, yes. Thankfully. <laughs> Likes it. Hey, Mikey. Brilliant. <laughs> and Robin. I loved it. I thought it was outstanding. Good. Good. Yes, um, I'm I'm in the same boat as everybody else. I thought it was phenomenal. Completely out of left field. Mm-hmm. It very much reminded me, and for more than one reason, obviously, of Utopia. Yes. Yeah. When Utopia came on back in Series 3, I wasn't expecting much. I saw this, the review of it in DWM and... I thought, oh, this this sounds like it's not going to be much. We're obviously just sort of treading water until we get to the finale. And then, of course, Utopia happened, and my word, did that turn things around. Kind of the same thing was this. I was expecting this little sort of romp with the Jadoon, nothing spectacular, and waiting for things to sort of ramp up later on. And that's not quite what we got. <laughs> no. no. It certainly isn't. <laughs> no. No, it's great. It it all started very light with Ruth and Lee as we we knew them at the time. Well, Lee as we've only really ever known him, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, Ruth and Lee and this it looked a bit RTD, didn't it? it? Looked a bit sort of soapy and oh, we're dealing with it did very yeah interpersonal relationships on a on a on a domestic scale. And I've got to say that instantly before we even get to the great reveal. Ruth was an instantly likable character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, she was. With the with her with her job as a tour guide that nobody's paying any attention to, and yeah, one thing that I thought was 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 fascinating, not when I saw it the first time, but when I rewatched it the other day, was one of the first shots you see, is she looks at herself in a mirror. Yeah. And the mirror is a hexagonal mirror. Yes. 
Hmm. I did not notice that. It went completely past me the first time, didn't pay any attention to it at all. I saw it the second time and I thought, oh yeah, of course, the TARDIS has got all hexagonal roundels these days, hasn't it? And there were, yeah, hexagonal mirror and also the floor of the the spaceship that we see was also full of hexagonal panels as well. So hexagonal is the uh, is the way to go today it seems. Yeah, well I think I think there's no point beating around the bush with this is there. We've we've got to <laughs> we've got to get to the meat of the matter. So the Jadoon are obviously out for some sort of fugitive. It becomes apparent that the fugitive is we think it looks like it's Lee to start with. Lee's the one with something to mm-hmm. hide. That obviously is very nicely pulling the wool over everybody's eyes. We should know by now, really, shouldn't we, that it, things aren't always going to be what they seem. Right. Uh, yeah. By the way, what was he? Because he says, I'm her guardian. So what was he really? They never established that. He Was he human? No, they didn't establish. Is he Time Lord? Is he human? I think we can safely safely say he wasn't human that he he too was using using the chameleon arch so I think it's logical to assume that they were a pair of time lords or was he the doctor's companion oh yes yes right potentially yeah, right. but more more logically I think it would be potentially somebody I mean what we what we don't know at this moment in time of course is what exactly the doctor's role was in everything back then mm-hmm. so was this some sort of literally bodyguard or because the, the alliance is mentioned isn't it and obviously you know if if it's a if, if the doctor is a fugitive then a fugitive from what so just a just companion possibly possibly yes but also possibly something more more official yeah so. celestial intervention agency is something that sort of popped yeah. into my mind ah. i was thinking the same thing I was thinking the same thing, especially Gat when they're talking about when they're saying Ruth used to I used to work for her. Yeah. And I was thinking, so she's the celestial intervention. Possibly, possibly. I mean, obviously, mm. all of this could predate the celestial intervention agency. True. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and yep. Lee could be Susan. Well, I hope not, because <laughs> Lee's been blasted into obscurity. So. But has he? I mean, you you never no. know with Doctor Who. I mean, you never know. You, you know. never know. But I'm not so sure on that one. <laughs> I did have a very a, a fascinating idea, which I will bring up later if I remember it. Which I'm not so sure will will, will work necessarily. But um, moving on back to the the point that we were talking about now. So yes, we have another version of the Doctor, seemingly from before any Doctor that we've known and that the Doctor herself isn't aware of. Yeah. Do we have any theories or ideas as to what on earth can be going on with this? Hmm. Chidnall has actually mm-hmm. come out and said that it's not an alternative universe, a parallel universe situation. Hmm. Yeah, it's the, it's the same. If it's not a parallel universe or an alternative dimension or something like that, then the only possible explanation that I can see is that there was... A regeneration cycle before William Hartnell. Hmm. Yeah. Or it's mm-hmm. a post Troughton pre Pertwee regeneration. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's a possibility. I hadn't considered that, yes. Because we never saw that regeneration. Yeah. Yes, yeah, something that happened during oh, okay. his trial. Mm-hmm. And a fugitive would be someone who would be on the run. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's a possibility. Although it wouldn't explain why the TARDIS looked different. The TARDIS, or, the TARDIS mm-hmm. interior was different to to what we've seen before. It was similar. Mm-hmm. It was similar to the old style, but it was it was different. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, but if it was pre three, post two, it could. The TARDIS would it, it would take on whatever attributes the Doctor wanted at the time. So I mean, if if it's a female, she may have changed everything. Hexagonal goes back to the goes back to Pertwee, changes everything back. Well, you know, what did they, I do? They, this looks terrible. Da 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 changes it back but could they have hit something that would have split so it isn't a parallel universe same universe just split that regeneration so that when she went to regenerate to Pertwee or to Hartnell she didn't really die she didn't really regenerate or you know pass away it just it just split that I mean there are times when people come close to death and and recover Mm. that the regeneration went forward produced one doctor she recovered you have a second doctor with loss of memory. Knows that she grew up in a lighthouse with parents. I think that the, the parents thing is um, that's a red herring. That that's a that's an mm-hmm. artificial memory from the chameleon arch. In the same way yes. as Professor Yana, you know, had all these different memories about his life that right. that, that clearly you know, didn't happen. And John Smith also had had a oh, past right. that he that didn't really happen as well so I, I think the parents thing the parents the whole parents thing was the parents were were buried outside the lighthouse and obviously that was so that there was a there grave was the box. and that was the mm-hmm. TARDIS so that was just obviously just mm. to, uh, somewhere to hide the TARDIS that, that people aren't going to start digging up graves so it looked like a, a sensible a sensible hiding place I wonder if, if you yeah. equate, equate parents with TARDIS yes yeah Yes. I was just going to say that. Would this be a duplicate that the TARDIS created somehow? That would be bizarre. It's all incredibly bloody intriguing, isn't it? It is really mm-hmm. intriguing. Yeah. It's really but intriguing. But then you're giving the TARDIS... I mean, if the TARDIS is a wo- Oh, okay, so, all right. Yeah? So if the TARDIS is a woman... I don't know. And the TARDIS can reproduce the Doctor. That was literally a jaw-dropping moment when she dug up the TARDIS. Oh, mm-hmm. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah, I mean, when you just saw a a hint of it, and immediately, obviously, we all we all twigged what it was, and that's Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is intriguing. Yeah, because we'd already had by this point the fact that Bruce is exhibiting attributes that she wasn't aware that she had, and the doctors mentioned a bio shield, and at that point, Mm -hmm. I was already thinking, oh. Could she be a time lord? Could this be bringing back the Rani or bringing back Susan or something like this? You know, chameleon arch. It's it's quite possible, particularly in view of the fact that we haven't even mentioned yet. Hello, Captain Jack came back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, right out of left field. Yeah, okay. his 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 return sort of kind of got overshadowed a bit by the um the return yeah, of another exactly. doctor or the introduction yeah. of one. Well, it, it it did and it didn't because I think. I think that that's kind of broadsided us in in one way. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't Pharaoh and spill the beans right before it aired that he was back? Well, I, I didn't see that. It, it may very well said possibly. Some, I thought he. I thought. I thought he had said yeah. something. He had hinted about something on social media. Somebody did, yeah. But he actually conjured up an excuse of why he was in Cardiff. He was doing a house renovation, and he ended up renovating his house for real. To hide the fact that that's why he was there. 
was to do the filming. I was yeah. just reading about that somewhere. That's dedication for you. <laughs> he did. He had to renovate the house because he said he was renovating and he had to do it. <laughs> it was a bit like the good old days, really, wasn't it? Because mm -hmm. there was John Barrowman on, on two channels at the same time. Because he's one of the judges on Dancing on Ice, which is airing at exactly the same time as Doctor Who. <laughs> so he was on the two main channels on the, on, in the UK simultaneously. Back in the days when you couldn't turn on the TV without seeing him. Oh, and I love the kiss. I loved the kiss with Graham. <laughs> that was yeah. funny. That was funny. And Graham's immediate response was, have we met? Not what the bloody hell are you doing? Have we met? Obviously, John Barrowman's hair is not that colour anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. He's gone very, very silver, very white. And I did think when I saw him, first of all, oh, they've darkened it too much. They've dyed it too much. There were times when you saw him and, and he looked, you know, very much like he did before. But I think a lot of the time, I think I think the hair was too dark. I think it needed to be slightly, slightly browner rather than, than black. You know um, what I think would have been cool is to leave him white. Because he looks gorgeous white. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't have made any sense. Oh, that's right. Because of he never dies, doesn't age, doesn't die. Uh, yeah, he never dies, never never changes. Ages. Well, never 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 changes until he becomes a big fat face in a jar. <laughs> oh, that's right. The bar. So clearly, he's capable of changing at some point down the lines. And what they could do with doing if if they are going to sort of you know move forward and and to save him having to dye his hair all the time because I'm pretty damn sure he's going to be back after this, yeah. is to have something happen that changes his hair colour in the same way as we had Leela's eyes changing yeah. colour back mm. in Horror of Fang Rock so that she didn't have to wear, mm. Louise Jameson didn't have to wear the contact lenses anymore. So yes, Jack was back with talks of, of an alliance that had... Alliance is a lone Cyberman. Beware of the lone Cyberman. Yeah, but were yeah, the so lone Cybermen? Yeah. Cybermen that dishes out bank Cybermen, yes, that's right. They were the, the companions were asking wh who, what the Cybermen were. An empire of evil yeah. in ruins, brought down to nothing finally, but that could all change. To defeat them, the Alliance sent this thing, this thing back through time across space. Don't give the Cyberman what it wants. That's, there's an awful lot in that sentence, mm -hmm. in those two sentences. <laughs> You know, an empire of evil in ruins brought down to nothing finally. Yeah, okay, we've seen this before yeah. with the Cybermen. They've been sort of, you know, on the verge of that. But to defeat them, the Alliance sent this thing back through time across space. Now, hmm. is the thing the Doctor? Would that explain hmm. why, if it, the Alliance is some something to do with the Time Lords, have they taken the Doctor and sent the Doctor back through time back before his, her timeline actually started. So is it is it actually an earlier version? Is it a later version that's just been sent back? There's so many questions. Mm -hmm. So many possibilities. And it's it's brilliant to have this, this level of intrigue mm -hmm. back again, which obviously you know we are going to get explained yeah. to a degree. But to hit us with something like this right out of the blue, I think is is quite inspired, quite inspired. And yeah. My God, what oh, a no. what a change to <laughs> the last series this is turning out to be this year. Mm -hmm. And and Joe Martin was just phenomenal. I mean, she was she was great as Ruth, but she was phenomenal as the Doctor. Mm -hmm. I yeah. agree. Yes, they yes, were very yeah. funny together. Oh my God, they were good together. Yeah, and I don't think I've ever seen Jodie Whittaker so doctory. 
Yeah. Yeah. She was her performance was bang on in that episode. She, you know, she's clearly been heading more in that direction as time has gone on. I think she's definitely got more of a handle on what she's doing with the part this year, and I think mm. as well the way she, the way the character is being written, is better. So it's giving yeah. her more to more to work with. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, last year, you know, we had things like, as I mentioned before in one of the previous reviews, you know, with the with the ghost monument, when it looks like oh they've they've been stranded on there and very undoctor like. She's just oh well, that's it. I've we I've let you down. I'm sorry. We've lost. Mm-hmm. That's it. Not not even trying to come up with some sort of solution. No. Very unusual with any of the adversaries that they faced not really doing anything about them whereas this year we're we're you know we're seeing far more doctor doctor like behavior yeah, not just yeah, in not just in the, the charge. yeah not just in the mannerisms and the you know the quirky things because that's always been there but in in the deeds and the actions we're seeing more more doctor like yes the leadership she actually has the leadership role she's yeah. taking the leadership role instead of proactive not just reactive yeah, wasn't that a, a, a great conversation that they had in the TARDIS right back at the beginning of the episode, when the Doctor's around the console and the other three are just sat sat on the steps, yeah, mm-hmm. having watched her for twenty minutes, and then trying to get the information out and a little little bits coming back as the Doctor's looking for the Master, and when they're dropped off at home, the Doctor goes back to Gallifrey not just once but several times which does mm-hmm. imply yeah. that something significant has happened to Gallifrey yeah you know whether or not that's a permanent thing is a is a, a very good question but certainly as the way things look at the moment Gallifrey has been you know raised to the ground Liberated. basically yeah I mean the thing is you know yes okay we've seen the Capitol in ruins that's not destroying the planet that's just mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just destroying some buildings um, yeah it doesn't mean to say all the time lords have been wiped out the the main sort of base the main headquarters the main area of the of the planet has been mm-hmm. has been damaged effectively ending the time lords but it doesn't mean to say that all the time lords on the planet were murdered it doesn't mean to say that there's not something going on somewhere else on the planet we, d- we don't know at this moment yeah. in time yeah. and that certainly if that is the case would be a way of coming back to things later on if, if either Chibnall or any subsequent showrunner decided that they wanted to bring Gallifrey back so uh, so yes so yeah so Joe Martin yes indeed what a performance and I thought Neil Stuka was it as Lee he did he did a very good job as well because mm-hmm. he he was very convincing as somebody who was clearly not quite what they seemed Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, presenting that red herring to us that oh yes, this is where this episode's going, and who is this person really? And then obviously it it turns out that that's not the case at all. Interestingly, he'd made a promise to the Doctor, it, it would seem, in very much the same way as the Doctor made a promise to the Master back in Peter Capaldi's final series. In what way? You'll, you'll have to elaborate on that one. Um, well, obviously, the Master was trapped on board the TARDIS, mm-hmm. um, and the Doctor had made a promise, basically, to save the Master. And this this seems to be a, a similar kind of thing, but from the other side. I, this could just be uh, me right, reading, okay, reading yeah. something into it more than there is, really, <clears> just, <throat> just on, a, on a throwaway line. But this is what, this is what we do as fans. Mm-hmm. We, we latch on to certain things and go, ooh, it could be that. 
Something else I liked a lot was the Jadoon. I thought they were much more... I want to, Nuanced isn't perhaps the right word for something that's all stompy and growly, but they were sort of dialed back a bit, and uh, the animatronics were fantastic. The animatronics. Mm-hmm. I think it was animatronics plus CGI with the uh, with the, the, the Jadoon captain. Oh, and did you see the, the name of the Jadoon captain? Yeah. Yeah, I read about that. That was, yeah, that that was, was nice. That was a yeah, nice little that touch. That was a nice touch. Paul Colman. That was Don. very sweet. So yes, yeah. so. and the captain was female. Did you notice? Yes, yeah, a yes. Little, just a little throwaway line from the doctor, woman to woman. <laughs> hmm. How the hell do you tell? What's that? How the hell do you tell? I don't know. I don't know, but apparently the doctor. Apparently the doctor can tell. I don't know. She's she's wearing a skirt. No, I have but, no idea. You know. Maybe the horn was artificial because it seemed to come off very easily, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, if you looked at the, the costume that, that she was wearing, there was a sort of skirt-like... I mean, granted, they all looked Roman, and so the armor that came down, they all sort of looked alike, except for hers had more of a skirt-like appearance to the tunic. And I thought, ah, that must have been kind of the giveaway. Just it's it's very slight, and people are going to be like freaking out over it for cosplay and everything. But oh my god, oh, did you see the the behind the scenes on the animatronics for the head? Yes, it's phenomenal. And what that guy had to wear? I mean, it was hooked to his face and everything, so that it picked up everything, all of his movements. That was amazing. Could you imagine how heavy? <laughs> oh, it looks like it weighs a ton. Mm. I suppose the other possibility is that she had hair. She had that sort of mohawk thing going on. Yes. Maybe only females mm. have. Yeah. Maybe only females <laughs> have like, hair. It was a very floppy mohawk, wasn't it? As mohawks it go. Was. <laughs> I really liked. I really liked the Jadoon a lot. I thought they were very cool. Oh yeah. What the uh, the platoon of the Jadoon near that um, <laughs> yeah. that lagoon. <laughs> lagoon. <laughs> Yeah, that was a nice, a nice little. And trying not to sit. Nice little throwback as well. I thought. Mm. We've got uh, the Doctor and and Ruth, obviously, because the others have been time scooped by Jack. Who <laughs> has that brilliant, that brilliant line when uh, he realizes that they're all companions? He says, uh, "Well, seriously, three of you. I had a dream about mm. this once." <laughs> Jack, well and truly, well and truly back. Yeah, sassy. I like that one. <laughs> I, you're my favourite. Yeah. <laughs> it was a you're nice way of, of separating the companions from the Doctor so that the Doctor has what mm-hmm. just appears to be at first, obviously, just a sort of a temporary companion for the episode. But then there's the, the mystery around it. And and then they head out to that glorious location. Wow, wasn't that... Oh, that was beautiful. Did you know that that, oh, yeah. that, that is actually a and b a bed and breakfast? You can stay there. I saw really? that, yeah. and I was like, yeah. Yeah. They'll be booked forever. <laughs> <laughs> they'll make have a, no they'll problems make, with bookings. They'll make a lot of money out of it. I actually looked into it. It's it's 165 to £175 pounds per night per room. So it yeah, ain't, it ain't yeah, cheap. It ain't cheap. I won't be going there anytime soon then. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was a that was a, a lovely little location and I don't know how many other lighthouses have got a a break glass 
<laughs> for no reason whatsoever in there but obviously we know why that is because that's been put there specifically for for the purposes of undoing the chameleon arch what i think was very cool was going to a lighthouse because it actually shed light yeah on the doctor yeah. it gave the doctor light it gave the doctor life and it shed light on her memories and it's like oh that that Ooh, is get cool. you with the philosophy Smart <laughs> what was what was interesting? Never know. I just liked it because it reminded me of Fang Rock, and I, it's, it's a story I love. Oh yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was a definite, uh, a definite um, sort of nod, I think, to Fang Rock with that. Yeah. There was a fascinating line, and I don't know if this has any relevance at all, but when the Doctor was talking to Ruth and about. Um, you know, this being sort of her family home. She mentioned that they moved to the lighthouse mid-December 1999. Mm. Now, I don't know why that specifically was said, and it may be it was just, just a figure that was plucked out just to give it some sort of credence as to the history mm-hmm. leading up to that, or whether that, that in itself has, a, has any, any coincidence. Mid-December 1999 would obviously be not very long <laughs> before... The Paul McGann TV movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I can't mm. imagine that there's an there's a direct tie into that. But um, I, I don't, you never know. You never know with this whether wouldn't whether, that be a nice way for Daphne to come back? Oh wow! Whether any little tiny sort of piece of information dropped actually mm-hmm. has any greater meaning or not. Most of it probably won't, but you can never tell. It's like that, that, you know, we had in um, Spyfall, the, 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 the little spinny figure, mm-hmm. just hardly even mentioned in the first episode, just just briefly touched upon. Yeah. Turned out to be very significant as time went on. Could have could have not had anything to do with it, but um, but was. So it's you, you have to watch out for any of these things, really, because anything could, could be significant. Mm. I want to know what was the box. What about the box? The little box. The, yeah. Well, the little box... It wasn't necessarily the box itself that was important. It was the service medal or the remnants of the service medal that Lee had that he was sentimental about. He didn't want to to lose that, which obviously implies that he was in service, which implies something militaristic, possibly. Maybe police, but probably militaristic, which implies some sort of conflict. We know that he was... He was trained the same way as Gat, and she's obviously in some sort of security enforcement position, but it definitely implies potentially that they were both in some sort of military campaign, taught yeah. at the same sort of academy, and we have to mm-hmm. assume, because of those moves that the Doctor made on the Jadoon, or the... the well, yes, the Doctor, Ruth um, made on the Jadoon, that she didn't know what she was doing that looked more like more than just sort of Venusian Aikido or something like that that looked like mm-hmm. that was that was something that was that was trained and would make sense again it leads to the leads more into this this intrigue as to what was the doctor doing before because the doctor's got a gun mm-hmm. yeah yes a dirty a dirty great gun which you know okay we had the line the doctor doesn't doesn't use guns i know Shut up. <laughs> yeah. In that really sort of tense scene on board the ship 
where and it's the, the the two doctors against Gat and our new doctor shall we shall we say for sake of argument looking to be the one with most of the information and one sort of in yeah. control but mm-hmm. our doctor then not towing the line and that that was very doctorish was, that was very very doctorish what was really interesting too was gat's expressions over and over showed what the hell yeah. what mm. i mean the whole time she's just like what her eyes her eyes kept saying what the hell huh what? Well, particularly when, Until when we had the third lot of mind melding this year, this series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the, the the memory of Gallifrey, it's just all so so intriguing. Mm. It is. It's, you um, know, I don't like the mind meld. I'm sorry, guys. I don't like the mind meld. If there was a different way to do it, other than here, let me touch your head. It just it it just is really too reminiscent of stock. Yeah, I'm I'm not mad about it. I prefer the contact. Well, um, method yeah. that, that sort of oh, from that the they had doctors. from the three doctors, yeah. 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 Well, there, there was no, there was no contact with that at all, was there? There was just, yeah. there was, mm-hmm. they just closed their eyes and concentrated, and it happened. But we now seem to have got to this, you know, the literal Vulcan mind meld thing. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah, but that's the yeah. only thing I would say was like, kind of, you know, don't, don't do that. But other than that, I was, you know, I loved the. Yeah, I, I, mean, I had to be careful with the flashy stuff. But yeah, I can imagine. Wasn't the music good as well? Oh yeah, the music yeah. stellar. Oh, it was. Oh. I mean, there was that lovely jaunty thing right back at the beginning with Ruth and the tour guide stuff, mm-hmm. just going about her day. That was all very, very nice. But then the way that it yeah. built and built and built as we got the utopia moment, if you like, with Ruth becoming the Doctor and you know our Doctor finding out about the TARDIS and all the stuff on the ship. Just beautifully crafted. It looked. Mm-hmm. I think we spoke about the music last week, actually, and that yeah. how how nice it is that. And I think I said last week I, I loved Murray Gold's grand sweeping orchestral stuff, but it's really nice to have it sort of dialed back and this kind of much more subtle, yes, musical score. And and and, and Sega Nakanola is absolutely nailing it. Yes, and the other thing as well with that, of course, is that if that's what you're doing generally with things more in the background and, and not so bombastic is when you when you have something like this and you turn the music up and you ramp up the the, mm-hmm. the tension with the music it has more effect yeah much more because if you're permanently in the light or permanently in in daylight if you like then you know then you don't it doesn't really mean anything but if you're permanently in darkness and you go into daylight it seems vividly bright Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same kind of thing with this, really. If, if if the music's been toned down for a lot of the time and then it gets ramped up, you notice it more because it stands mm-hmm. out more amongst everything else. Wow, Big Finish is going to have a huge heyday with this because now they have an entirely new doctor to go with. And just the stories that can be spun off of this. That's all I was thinking was, oh my God, the stories that are going to come out of this and the fanfic and... And the big finish stories that can come out of this, and it's going to be amazing. Well, we've got things like I strongly, I strongly suspect that uh, that anything regarding this doctor and and any sort of other previous doctors, because obviously the fact that there's one kind of implies that there could be a whole lot more. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I'm sure that's going to be off the table for big finish for the time being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, in the same way as you know, they couldn't do anything sort of with the Capaldi Doctor or with the Matt Smith Doctor, and, and until after those Doctors had, had been and gone and some time had passed, 
you know they've now got yes they've now got uh, the ninth and tenth doctor that they can use and they've got things like river song and the paternoster gang and and what have you but whilst that was all going on on the on the screen on the tv then there was no access to any of that right and, and i mean it, it won't but for the future think of the future oh my goodness mm-hmm. and I've already mentioned they they really need an American <laughs> doctor in a wheelchair. Yeah, I've already said that. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> what? <laughs> kind of like you know, uh, Professor X. Well, but it would be interesting. It would be interesting. Could you imagine the TARDIS? Damn it! Quit tilting the TARDIS! Ah! <laughs> okay, I'll be quiet. Yes. That was a conversation stopper. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to imagine the Doctor and Davros in a fight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so this this kind of like opens the other things. Are there if it's if there's multiple doctors, obviously we've already had multiple masters, but how many more? Mm -hmm. You know, how many more? Oh my god. Who else? And it also leads is to the it, question, is this whole thing being done to explain the brain of Morbius? Uh, that's what I was yeah. just going to say. Is this going to open up the Morbius <laughs> doctors? In which case, we've got the Terence Dix doctor, the Philip Hinchcliffe doctor, the Douglas Campbell <laughs> doctor. <laughs> it's very clever as well that by doing this, Chibnall has, has created not only the first doctor of colour, but has potentially made the first female doctor and the first doctor of colour who have happened before before any of the other doctors that we've actually seen. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and Chibnall and Patel because because Vinay wrote this. It's really pissing off the gammons on Twitter. I love it. Oh my oh my god, I know. Holy cow. The not my doctor lot are apoplectic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was I could not believe what the comments were on Joe's Twitter feed. She came out and she's like, I, she changed it to her, her header as the, as the doctor. And the stuff that people were saying, they finally had, I don't remember who it was that came out and said, all right, that's enough of that. This yeah. is not fandom. For, for, mm. for those people who aren't aware of, of what's gone on with this, a comment was made along the lines of, and you'll have to forgive me because I, I don't think I've actually seen the, the, the comment itself. I've seen, seen a paraphrased version of it. It was something along the lines of, nothing personal against you or your acting ability, but piss off. basically, yes, the Doctor shouldn't be a woman, shouldn't be of ethnic origin, oh. c- kindly cease and desist kind of thing. It's like, really? And... To, you know, to say this directly to the actress to concerned, her. yeah, yeah, not just something spouting, you know, because everyone everyone's entitled to an opinion, no matter how wrong it is. <laughs> spouting whatever your opinion is on on social media, okay, you know, freedom of speech, that that's fine, not a problem like that. But to to turn around and to effectively confront somebody who's just playing a part on television and really isn't, doesn't have a say in any of this is... Oops. is Sorry. Oops, Sue's reversing. So, sorry, guys. No, my, my it all turned off and so I had to turn it back on. 
But yeah, you're right. You're right, Miles. A hundred percent you're right. I mean, it's like, this is an actress who received a role of a lifetime, performed it beautifully. I mean, she was amazing. She's been amazing in everything she's done. She is amazing. And you turn around and say this, it's like, as an actress, or actor, whatever you want to call me, that changes hair, so I go between whatever anybody wants. I mean, that's just... What? This woman did her job well and recited the lines on the script. Yeah. End of story. Shut up about that. And now I'm probably going to have people coming on my Twitter feed and screaming at me, but... No, seriously, it's 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 a wonderful job. Who This what? is at at Sue Cook. Why <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Miles. Well, it's like walking it's, it's like walking up to a nurse in the hospital that you've had a brief interaction with who's just taken your blood and said, Well, I think you were actually fucking shit at your job. Yeah. I don't know you. And I, you took oh, my no, blood more, quite well. More more but... to the more to the point, if you'll be going up to um up to a nurse um, and saying, you know, whilst I think what you did in taking my blood was fine, um, we don't want people of your sort around here. Yes. Well, kind, mm-hmm. Kindly leave this hospital and 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 go. <laughs> oh, it's funnily enough, I've seen that happen more than once. Uh, oh, that I just I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I was so excited and how. And so thrilled at how she played the role, and she was excellent. And I mean, the the story was fantastic, and I was, was so excited. And then there, there's I get off, and I went to go on Twitter, and they're like, somebody's defending her on Twitter, and I thought, what the hell? What are you defending uh, her about? And then I saw Twitter is an utter cesspit sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, well, unfortunately, social media in general is kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always the problem when you give somebody an outlet where they can remain to all intents and purposes anonymous they don't have to directly confront yep. somebody they can hide behind a screen behind a keyboard yep. it's very easy to be the big I am when yeah. you don't yeah. have any immediate comeback for that and you're not directly com- confronting somebody you don't have to you don't have to deal with the emotional repercussions of that face to face yeah it makes people braver than they would potentially necessarily be not that that excuses anything uh, at all there's no there's no excuse for it it's it's similar to people get um, a lot more bolshy and a lot more a, a lot braver about doing things when they've had a skinful mm. uh, it's the same kind of thing really it it's removing people's inhibitions or Yes, lessening their yeah. inhibitions because they they don't feel that they have any repercussions coming back to them as a result of it. Yeah, if they had to stand there and say it face to face and take a potential punch in the nose, they'd think twice about some of the shit that they say. Yeah, and you can bet your well, life most of them are nerdy little wankers sat in a basement <laughs> playing Fortnite <laughs> who wouldn't say boo to a goose in real life. <laughs> You want to come up and try to do this? You want to come up and try to do exactly what she did? Yeah. You know. And, and if this and, aff- if this offends any of the not my doctor group, good. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> what Darren said. <laughs> well, Darren, come defend me, man, because they're going to come after me now. <laughs> the, the other the other thing to to you know to mention regarding this, of course is that this is directly confronting, admittedly online, but directly confronting an actress regarding this in about basically 
something which what's being said to her is offensive when a she's just doing the job b it is and i know it's very important to all of us but it is still just a television program yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) ultimately it's a it's a fiction if you don't like what's happening in the fiction I'm, I'm sorry about that, but you know you don't have you don't have a say in it. Yeah, you do. You turn the van damn TV off. Well, yeah, we get we get to watch right. what happens. Sometimes we think it's tremendous. Sometimes we think it's maybe not so great. Personally, I've I've yet to come across a Doctor Who that I haven't I haven't loved. But there are clearly there are things that are more preferable than others. But would I, for a second, dream of turning around and demanding this or this or this to happen or this not to happen, and start confronting people involved directly about it? No, you know we're privileged to get what we get. Yeah, yeah. we're lucky to get what we get. Well, I think that demanding and and the fans have a sense of entitlement now. That we started, we've started to see that more just across all fandoms. I mean, look at Star Wars. Yeah. And Star Trek. Look at Star Wars and Star Trek and some of the Marvel fandoms and. Hmm. Sci-fi fandoms are the most entitled bunch of shits. And they're they're (laughs) dictating they're dictating to the writers and the directors and I like they're dictating these. This is what's supposed to happen. This is what's supposed to happen. Just because it's your little Mary Sue fantasy doesn't mean that that's what's supposed to happen. See, that I whole canon stuff. If you want stuff. that Mary Sue fantasy, yeah. if you want that Mary Sue fantasy, go write a fucking fanfic. Yeah. I mean, the, you, you... And, and have your little <laughs> ego wank to or yourself, you know? get yourself into a position to be able but, to write yeah. for the show that you want and tell your story that way. People trying to dictate actors, to actors and actresses that, no offense, but... Well, as soon as you say those three words, uh, yeah, guess what? Yeah. You've just committed a massive offense. Yeah. Yeah. And you are offensive. People telling Chibnall, no, you can't do this. This is canon. This is canon. Listen, fuckface, I write canon. I'm Chibnall. <laughs> I'm in charge. Exactly. Don't like it? Fuck off. Doctor Who hasn't been canon for... I mean, everything about it is canon. Because it plays with that Well, and the whole thing of, this time. isn't canon. This is it is a yeah. damn science fiction show. Anything is canon. Anything goes. You you can change. I mean, first off, you can change anything you want because I mean, it's, it's science fiction. fiction. <laughs> I mean, look at the it's whole fiction and it's well, science look, fiction. The... People may be dead over here. They yeah, may and not if you don't, be dead. If you don't like the canon, make up your own canon in your head. Yeah, and let's let's be honest. When when it comes to canon. In, in Doctor Who, not just in Doctor Who, you know, we've had the same thing in Star Trek, we've had the same thing in Star Wars. Yep. The, that, mm-hmm. the canon has changed over time. We'll go back to the oh, whole yeah. yes. concept of regeneration. That turned the notion of everything on. It's a never evolving yes. show. That's... Yeah. And as I said, this isn't, this, just... this isn't just in Doctor Who. You know, take the, 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 yeah. the immediate example that comes to mind is Star Trek, the Klingons. Mm-hmm. In the original show, oh, oh, god. God. oh my god, yeah. the Klingons just little men with pointy beards. Suddenly, they've got pasties on their heads. Now, in the new in the new series, Discovery, they're <laughs> completely different again. Yeah, you know. And how do they explain that? They have this wonderful little line in um, Trials and Tribulations where the uh, the crew of Deep Space Nine end up back in the uh, Trouble with Tribbles episodes on the original Enterprise where they're, they're uh, CGI'd effectively into the original story 
and uh, the crew of Deep Space Nine sort of see what's going on with the Klingons and they look at Worf, who's there, and they go, are those Klingons? But but aren't you? And Worf just goes, we don't talk about it. <laughs> and that's it. That's that's the yeah. <laughs> We don't. He basically says something along, something along the lines of, it was an experiment, we don't talk about it. But it was funny. That line was funny as hell. <laughs> He looked mm-hmm. like really annoyed that they even brought it up. That's just a classic example of how you can change something, mm-hmm. yeah, and you can explain it away, or you can not explain it away and just just leave it like that. You know, it, we've had the second story, the Daleks. We discovered that it was the Dals and the Thals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then eleven years later, it's the Carlids well, and the Thals. Yeah. Yes. You know, the, the Time Lords. The Time Lords were these omnipotent beings mm-hmm. back from the war games through to the three doctors and what have you then you get the deadly assassin completely rewrites re- or changes the way that, that well, the time lords are um the time lords even are by tra- even by the three doctors they're painted as helpless yes yeah yeah and so yeah. so it all it all changes it all changes as time mm-hmm. goes on you know we had canon is fluid Canon is yeah. fluid, and whoever is writing at the time, and if they mm. feel like doing the, oh, it was all a dream, your canon just went down the toilet, and now you got a new canon. Because if it happens to be like, let's take Dallas, ever the whole season is a dream. The ultimate well, your canon, down, yeah, yeah, the yeah, your canon for that whole season just went down the toilet. All because one one character that they'd killed off, they wanted uh, they wanted to bring back. And they yes. had the chance to do that. And the only way that they could do that was to explain that away. But they explained it away. And, you know, you've got, you got a season down the line. People have forgotten about it. And they've just moved on yep. with that. And this is what happens. You know, we, we can get things changing. We've had, we've already had in the recent past an entirely new Doctor in, inserted into the Doctor's time stream with the War mm-hmm. Doctor. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. You're right. S- screws up the numbering system completely. Mm-hmm. But... It was a man. It was a white male. Yeah, but you know, it, and that was, and nobody seemed to freak out over that. Well, no, I don't think that's strictly speaking true. I think a number of people did freak out about that. But, really? Oh yes, of course. <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about like like Darren said, science fiction fandom. You know, you mess around with, for a, for a, a, a show where the basic concept of it has been how how easy it is to change and how it should change. People don't still don't like change. They love the fact that the show changes, but when it changes, they don't like it. So you add some, you, you do something like this. Oh, your people have been oh. up in arms about the, the war doctor. Wow, this is I ridiculous. didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. That definitely, that definitely happened. You know, irrespective of, you know, race, color, creed, sex, religion, anything like that. It was the fact that you've you've interfered with what they see to be the fundamental concept of the show and and, and they're, they're up in arms again about it but a few years down the line things have settled right down people are, are far more open to the open to the idea now you know and yeah. it's it's i think it's generally regarded as as a, a very good addition to to the to the show's history but you you imagine if that turns out that this is um, an insert between the second and the third Doctor. That then makes the fourth Doctor the fifth Doctor. People are going to shit their peanuts. (laughs) (laughs) And Colin Baker's really the seventh Doctor. People are going to go berserk. Hello, I'm back. Yes, welcome back. 
So what I missed? Uh, not not much really. No, wait a minute. You can't do that. That's this is canon, point. and you just can't come reinsert yeah. yourself, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I can insert myself anywhere I want to. Woo! <laughs> and you can read into that however you want. Oh my! Derek's excited. So let's um, <clears throat> let's let's begin to wrap this up then, because mm-hmm. you know we've 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 got a lot of opinions on this, and I think we're all very much in favour of of what's happened. What we don't know then is have we had a single doctor inserted somewhere into the doctor's time stream that the doctor isn't aware of? Have we now come up with an entirely new regeneration cycle, which, let's be honest, might not even be the only new regeneration cycle right. since before the William Hartnell Doctor? Does that mean something happened? I mean, we, we already know from the Master's comments earlier on in the year, everything that you thought you knew was a lie. Yeah. The Master did what he did to Gallifrey because of, of what they did, because of the lies that they told us the founding fathers so has it been that something has happened and the doctor possibly even the master for all we know has existed before this and whatever he's whatever he's told whatever he's learned about Gallifrey has got to be pretty bad to destroy it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean even for the master yeah at the end of the day it's that's still home isn't it Mm. and so there's something going on what we don't know at the moment is is exactly what's going on exactly what this means for the show going forwards and looking back and it's that anticipation that mulling over what the possibilities could be wondering exactly how they're going to deal with this going forward that is so fascinating and i think that's you know it's ignited an interest in the show again that mm-hmm. that, that possibly hasn't been there for a while yeah uh, I mean, it certainly kicked me up the ass because the last two episodes prior to this, I thought were shit. To be honest, you've not um, well the last three. To be honest, because you weren't you weren't that struck on Spyfall two, were you? No, no, I wasn't actually. No, so that, yeah, that's that's fair. But I, I mean, I, I moan about the episodes, but I, I carry on watching in the hope that you're going to get a, a gem like this come along. Well, and this and... is this this is exactly the thing. You know, we're not looking at a show that is written by one person all the way through. You're looking mm-hmm. at a show that's written by, produced by, directed by, starring different people all the way through the show's history. And as a result of which, you can have, and I think the most extreme example would, of this would be a story like The Caves of Androzani, wildly regarded as one of the best stories that the show has ever produced, followed mm. by The Twin Dilemma, widely regarded as one of <laughs> as the worst stories the show has ever produced mm. and they were on one week after the other yeah they were literally one story then the next story so you went from one extreme to the other and the story after that was attack of the cybermen some people love it some people don't love it but you could for, for those people who love it you could say the show went from great to just to, 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 to diabolical back up to great again or people might not, some people might not like the case of Andrazan, he might love the twin dilemma and might think, we've gone from that, we've gone right up to that, oh, then we've come down to that again. And this is what can mm-hmm. happen all the time. So it doesn't, all these people who moan about, oh, not my doctor, and, oh, Moffat's rubbish, Moffat should go, oh, Capaldi's rubbish, Whitaker's rubbish, they should go, blah, 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 blah. Well, sooner or later they will. And somebody else mm-hmm. will be along. Yeah. And that yeah, version exactly. that version might be the version you've been wanting your entire life. 
it could be yeah. the perfect Doctor Who for you. So, mm -hmm. if you don't like what's on at the moment, if you don't agree with the way the show's going, if you don't agree with who's writing it, who's producing it, who's playing the Doctor, who's the companions, who's doing the music, anything like this, just wait. Just wait mm -hmm. and see, because, like you just said, Darren, you know, you could just get a story that comes along that makes you think, oh, actually, yeah, that was very good. And if not, somebody else will be along in the not-too-distant future who will produce it, who will star in it, who will write the music, etc., etc. And that could be that could be different. That could be what you like yeah. again. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And it's the way it's always been. You know, yeah. you've got people who who love the black and white era and then didn't like Pertwee or didn't like Tom Baker or didn't like Peter Davison and then who suddenly might have liked Sylvester McCoy. Yeah. It's, it's always been the case. It always will be the case as long as the show continues to change. And it's the reason that it survives so long is because it continues to change. Mm -hmm. I mean, taking the Tom Baker era just out of the top of my head, the, the two stories in that that stand out for me are Genesis of the Daleks and The Seeds of Doom. And I've seen plenty of people who don't like those stories. And, you know, that's that's fair enough. That's their opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm a I'm a massive fan of the Tom Baker era. And I'm always stunned when I hear people say, I'm not really keen on him as a Doctor. And you just think, well, hang on a minute. But he is the definitive Doctor. But that's just my opinion. That's just how I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same because I grew up with him as my Doctor. Maybe yeah. because of who I am. Yeah. yeah, maybe because I grew up with him as that. And other people didn't, and they've come to him after seeing some of the others. Maybe if they'd grown up with him at the time, they might have felt different. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that we all have mm -hmm. these different opinions, and that's what makes everything so good, is because we do all have different opinions. If we all had the same opinion, we'd only get the we same story. A, we wouldn't have a... It would be so freaking boring. Yeah. Yes. You would get Genesis of the Daleks every week. You'd get the Seeds of Doom every week. You know, you'd get the same type of story with the same type of people doing the same type of thing all the time because that's what people like. But you but get we... stories like Genesis of the Daleks, and if you don't like that, it mutates and grows into other things. So, so you've, it mm -hmm. introduces the character of Davros. So you've got yeah. Revelation of the Daleks. You've got Remembrance of the Daleks, which is wildly different, but a bloody fantastic story. Yeah, absolutely. And let's not beat about the bush here when, you can, when you're talking about Genesis of the Daleks. That is basically the start of the Time War. Hmm. In essence, yeah. yeah. The, the Time Lords decide mm -hmm. that the Daleks will... Um, eventually evolved to become the superior beings in the universe and they need to be stopped so they send the doctor back to stop it and that to all intents and purposes you could say was the catalyst for the time war yeah. the time lords interfered in Daleks history the Daleks found out about it they decided to take revenge bang there you go war so something that happened in 1974 had a direct impact to what happened then 31 years later and to which is still ongoing Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and this is another great thing about the show you can take something from such a long time ago you can take something from the Hartnell era you can go back 50, 55, 56 soon to be 57 years take one little thing that's happened introduce it back into the show now completely change the direction that it's going or expand upon it or you know look at it in a different way it's, it's what makes the show so fascinating so many elements it's, there's a reason why this show is so well regarded by so many people around the world how it captures mm. the imagination you know it's the, the concepts that the show has it's the fact that it can do anything it can go anywhere it can be anything it's the fact that it changes so often 
but at the heart of it it is always the same thing it, it's this this wanderer in time and space going out and fighting against the evils of the of the universe that's the one thing that stays constant throughout mm-hmm. the whole show and even then right back in the beginning it wasn't that the doctor wasn't you know this crusader no. going going on you know he became that as time went on mm. but ultimately when he was in that position that's what he was doing he was he was fighting against evil it wasn't what he was setting out to do now that is what the doctor is and in the, but, third, in the second or third episode he was willing to bonk a caveman on the head to get him out of the way <laughs> yeah yeah so how things change you know and yeah and let's hope they continue to do so and even if it shakes things up sometimes a shake-up is a great thing it may not be what you approve of but by god we don't half need it sometimes yeah so let's see what uh, what the future episodes hold we what we do know is that they hold a lone cyberman we know that we're going to get mm-hmm. more about what's happening with the doctor and the, pre- the previous doctor we suspect we're getting the master back i strongly suspect we're getting captain jack back there's this something's coming for me mm-hmm. i know there's all of this yet to come and <laughs> let's not forget this was episode yeah, five. five yeah this is this is pretty exciting yeah we've still got to resolve what happened with spy for where um yeah. uh what's his face has gone um uh, lenny henry's character yeah uh, yeah, Daniel Bar- Barton. Barton. yeah yeah Daniel oh he'll be back <laughs> Yeah, we still haven't resolved that, so... There's a shitload going on in this series. Not necessarily that everything has to be resolved. You know, we've we've no. seen several times something has been just mentioned or, or hasn't been resolved in one series and it actually gets picked up further down the line. We had the Timeless Child last season. That's suddenly mm-hmm. become going on here. Harold Saxon made his first mention in the season pr- prior, you know, series two. He was mm. first mentioned, and then came on properly in series three. You know when when that's that's what brought the master back. So you you don't need to get things resolved immediately or even at all. Sometimes it's great to just leave things, mm-hmm. just to leave things to people's imagination to work out what happened, or what could happen. Yeah, because the timeless child is still was left to the imagination and now we have a second doctor mm-hmm. yeah well we don't know we don't know if there's a connection between the two i suspect there probably well, is true. but we'll just have to wait and see mm-hmm. so uh so before we go quickly let's just give us a score shall we so sue surprise me um i'm gonna say 10 and i think oh, the writing was a surprise <laughs> Uh, well, I, I absolutely loved it, and I think that the writing between Chibnall and Vinay Patel was amazing, and I hope this gets a Hugo for them. I'm just so excited because he wrote my favorite one from last season, and now he's writing my favorite one so far in this season. So I'm so excited that he was back to write, and I love this, and I give it a 10, and I think that uh, Joe was amazing, and I, I love Jody, and I think they I think they, everybody was good. I'm, I'm so glad to see Jack back, and it's just like, woo! Yay, 10. Yes, Vinay Patel could be the new Jamie Matheson. He's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, he's bril- but he's, he's brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant writer. Jamie Matheson came along and everything that he wrote was great. Vinay Patel does seem to be going down the same route, definitely. Yes. Uh, so, Randy. Oh, definitely 10. I love the way they built in multiple surprises. Cause I, I hate spoilers. I love being surprised and I accidentally saw one 
that tipped me off that Jack was going to be back. And I thought, oh, no, now I won't be surprised. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. But, yeah, I, I love all the mystery that's being introduced. Yeah. Robin. 12 out of 10. <laughs> just yeah, just there, 12. <laughs> 12 out of 10. The writing was fantastic. Um, Joe's Doctor is a total badass. And I absolutely loved her costume. Oh my god. Yes. It, it, oh yes, the costume was Ah. Uh, it so suited that character that the costume, the TARDIS design, everything was just absolutely perfect for her. The pacing of the story was phenomenal. Even the little comedic touches between Lee and the owner of the coffee shop. I yeah. think his name slips my mind right now. Alan. The the cake the cake the Alan when he pay, when she goes when he oh, goes to pick up the cake, you can do better. <laughs> yeah. Graham comes in, that's a rubbish cake, it's the worst cake I've ever seen. And and of course the, the reason the reason that Graham is picked up by Jack Jack's time scoop in the first place is because the others run off to see what's going on and he goes, Oh no, wait a minute, look cakes <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I thought Bradley Walsh was superb in this episode. Oh yeah, yeah. he was. Oh yeah, I mean he gen- yeah. he generally is anyway. But I love him anyway. He's fantastic. Oh, I, he is great, but I I loved it. So Darren, I would give it a nine point five. I I seldom give ten out of ten for anything unless it's Seeds of Doom level <laughs> pure brilliance. But it, this was damn close, so I'd give it a nine point five. I think it was I think it was fantastically well done. I'm hovering between a nine point five and a ten. Personally, like you say, it's 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 difficult because if you give it a ten and then the next episode's better, then where do you go? <laughs> yeah. So twenty out of ten. Yes, it's. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Numbers are arbitrary. Numbers are arbitrary. It's definitely. I think it will go down as a classic. Oh. Oh yeah. Unquestionably mm-hmm. so. I think yes. It, I think just yes. because so many left field developments through the story and so well paced the music the acting the casting the locations the the mm-hmm. looks the visuals the cgi the the sets although uh, i have to say that jack's spaceship set did look a little yeah. bit rubbish <laughs> but then mm-hmm. you know he was nicked from the jadoon so maybe it wasn't meant to be great you know it served a purpose but everything else was um and such such good use of locations as well just yeah really really well yeah. done you know the show doing what the show does best mm-hmm. at a time when we needed it to do to do that mm. and nick briggs was amazing too i just want to get that in there yeah nick was good he's always good but he was really good yeah he he did a, a facebook post the other day just going fokoto or something like that and uh, and i responded to it and i just would Go, bro, go. <laughs> Didn't he change his Twitter handle as as the official Nicholas Briggs? And then was it Kofo Toe or something on there? He had the little. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's good. That's cute. Yeah, he'll change it back when the Daleks come back at some point in the next yeah. few episodes, probably. The way things are going, who can say? Right, anyway, listeners, we hope you enjoyed Fugitive of the Jadoon. The worst thing about it, I think, was probably the title. Um, yeah. <laughs> we hope that you enjoy next week's episode, Praxius. That should be intriguing. We'll be back to talk about that. In the meantime, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Goodbye from us. And her. Goodbye and from him. All of us. And me. And, her. and me. Goodbye. 
until yeah. we meet again. It's, and it's also goodbye from the previous me that I didn't know existed. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, let's not forget him. Yeah, yeah he, yeah. Yeah. Or her. Yeah. Goodbye. Or it. See you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Toodles. Bye. So there you have it, listeners. I think we managed to condense that into uh, about the shortest time possible. Good grief, we could have said more, couldn't we? Blimey, what an amazing, astonishing episode that was. Will the following week's episode, Praxius, give us as much to talk about? Well, tune in next week and find out. See you next time. (laughs) Bye-bye. Says this four of us in the call, but I can hear Sue. I can I hear That's, Sue on Randy's audio? Yeah, you're picking her up on the background of mine. <laughs> She'll be on her own shortly. Yeah, heading for the car. Yep. Those testicles, one, two testicles. That's one too many, isn't it? It is for me. <laughs> Where is Miles? I'm here. Oh, okay, I was going to say, Miles has completely completely lost control of this conversation. He's just waiting for us to shut the fuck up. All right, we're going to shut shut the fuck up now so we can get doing this. Hey, Hey, we were going to talk about Dr. Who, weren't we? That that was the general idea, yes. How about we we talk about Dr. Who and then we can vent about the politicians and how fucked up our countries are after. My yeah, sentiments okay. exactly. That that works for me. <laughs> all right. We've got Sue. Fuck them all. <laughs> Randy. Hello. Slightly more stupid. <laughs> uh, Darren. Oh, he's now left the EU. Good, isn't it? And Robin. Moscow Mitch is Putin's bitch. <laughs> Any ideas what day we're recording this on, listeners? <laughs> it's it's nice, isn't it, when we're all so positive about something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's what been are you good. The, it's been no, it, it's been good the last few weeks to actually have a, a difference of opinion because that's mm-hmm. that's great. But my God, when something is as good as this has been, when it's been so intriguing as this has been, and we're all on board with it. You know, it would have been different. Not necessarily, it would have been worse, but it would have certainly would have been different if, say, for example, Darren, you hadn't liked it, or Robin hadn't liked it. You know, and one voice with the with the oh, I didn't think it was very good about a get bunch four people going, oh, I thought it was bloody brilliant. <laughs> it's always, yeah, it's always going to be a bit difficult, but uh, it yeah, it's just nice when we're all on the same page because we all well, we've managed we've managed we to all... have a good laugh the last couple of episodes. Well, of course, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you know, ultimately, we all want Doctor Who to be as good as it can be. Oh yeah, as 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 often as it can be, and. Uh, got to say and i know you're you're not on board with all the episodes this year but i do think this has been a marked step up from what we had last year oh christ mm-hmm. oh. Shadow of a doubt. Oh. 
There were so you gotta admit there were some hit and miss last year. Yeah. Maybe one. There were but some, I, there, really, there I really were, liked last year. I love the arachnids. There were some oh. big hits last year as well. I mean, uh, stories like Demons and the Punjab and um, yes. Rosa. I mean, they were just Rosa were good. Episodes. They were excellent. Yeah. I, th- I thought uh, yeah, Demons, Demons, Demons like Rosa, problems. and Resolution were the three standout stories from yeah. last year. Yeah. Demons uh, is definitely my favorite from last year. But yeah. even then, with not so much with Resolution. I think Resolution was more of sort of a complete story, but. The other two, there was still with uh, Rosie, you had the, you know, the time traveling racist guy that just felt a little bit, mm, a bit wishy washy as a, you know, he was very easy to feed. It wasn't. Didn't really need him at all. Could have. He, he needed something for the catalyst to stop to, to, to for them to do what they did. Yeah, but and it didn't that need was, to be That alien. was his reason. That was his reason for for being there. But you know, the rest of it, it, it would have been nice. It's like with the witch finders. I was really hoping that we were going to go down pure historical on that one. It didn't need the silly mud monsters that no. were in it, which, you know, kind of took the edge off of it for me for that one. And, you know, like we've said before, you know, the doctor not being quite so doctorish in some of the things and the writing seemed a bit flat at times. And when it was when it was good, it was good, but nothing was perfect all the way through. And I think you've seen... We've seen a, a step up in pretty much every department this season so far, yeah. which is good. And mm. I suppose it's that you know it's the uh, it's the Chibnall finding his feet and trying to produce something that would have a sort of a, a gentle appeal across the board because it, when the show was going out, you know, after Country File on a Sunday, so it it wasn't too much of a culture shock to come in with that. But he's but he's uh, he's ramped it up this year for certain. Yeah. If you'd like to get involved with Doctor Who's Lunders in any way, there's many different ways that you can do so. Obviously, we're always looking for cast members. So if you just fancy having a go, having a go at a bit of improv, the more people we can get involved, the better the chance of actually recording something and therefore producing new episodes for you to listen to. Uh, So you can reach us through Twitter, through Facebook, any one of us you can speak to, myself, Kat, Suki, Robin... Sue, any one of us, just let let us know that you're interested and we'll get you on board and you can have a go. You can also, if you like, try your hand a bit of editing. My new job is taking up a lot of my time and therefore I'm not getting much of an opportunity to do much editing and I can't do much at the moment anyway because all the files are in the ether. But if we produce new stuff, it would be nice if somebody else would like to have a go at that. So you can do that. Obviously, if you fancy producing sound effects, music, ideas for plots, ideas for uh, characters, anything like that, we'd be more than grateful to receive them and we'll instigate anything that we can for you. And of course, it always helps to uh, boost our, our ratings, boost our public profile, if we can get likes and comments on things like iTunes. So if you've listened to the podcast and you like what you hear, just stick a few stars on it for us. Just write a little review. It would be very much appreciated. And if it gets us out there, more people hear us, more people might be interested in joining in. We might get more cast as a result of that. It keeps the podcast going. So any assistance you can give us in that direction would be very much appreciated. And as mentioned previously, we will be back in a couple of weeks with our next episode. So until then... Cheerio. From all of us here on BBC One, 
a very good night. Good night.